1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron.
1: With the second pick in the 2017
2: NFL Draft,
1: the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky stepping up, fires and the sideline Robinson makes the catch from the Raiders to the Bears. Khalil Mack now officially in
0: Chicago. Lockdown, Khalil Mack. Welcome to the Chicago Shuffle podcast. I am your host Zach Lee here with you on a Friday. Got a little bit of a special one for you today. We are going to do a little bit of a crossover simulcast with the Saints Talk podcast talking to Kevin and Ian as we break it down break down the respective state of one another's franchises a little bit of a scouting report for what might happen on Sunday players to look for and yes at the very end some predictions although I think I might have snuck out of that I don't think they asked me I'll come back in the outro and let you know what I think is going to happen. But for now, let's step into it. It's kind of stream of consciousness, and we're going to jump right in. Here is Kevin, Ian, and myself breaking down Bear Saints this Sunday let's get this thing rolling man yeah yeah what's going on man so uh i am hosting the chicago shuffle podcast covering the bears this year and just kind of watching along for the ride on the mitch trubisky bandwagon seeing what's going to happen with that so i'm not saying it's like a a seaworthy vessel but i'm on it all the same ian what's up man what's going on what's going on this is another
2: opportunity uh for kevin and his long-standing uh I, you know, he's been trying to replace me for months now. <laughs> and so he said, let's go within the Blue Wire family. Let's get the guy from <laughs> Chicago. And 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 look, man, you know, Ian, you're out of here soon. So I, I'm just counting down my days. Um, hey. But pleasure to have you on, Zach. I appreciate listen, you joining us.
1: Zach, I, I, I was just saying this before we start recording. I was like, Zach, his voice is too good. So I would probably be a little intimidated recording it with him, like, every week. So you're, you're safe for now, Ian. Yeah, I'm just going
0: to, like, represent the Bears' defense. And then, hey, how's it (laughs) going? Bears' offense, how's it going? So I'm thinking uh, we're not that good. Yeah, Uh, I'll just drop it down when we get serious.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, look, it's all good, man. (laughs) So, man, so football. The Saints and the Bears play this Sunday, and they play at the the afternoon game. So you guys make sure you tune in for that. And as luckily as we are, the injury reports just came out. And basically, Zach, you guys – you know, you got a little gift here in the form of the Saints' injury report: Breeze, Kamara, Cook, Henderson, Smith—all out this 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 this
0: Sunday. How, how do you see that playing out? I mean, it, so the Bears needed a favor or two. Uh, they're in a, a really really tough spot just in terms of. You know, they're three and two. The record uh, looks not that bad when you're far away. But if you actually get into what's going on with the team, the Bears are pretty much at a crisis point, And it just so happens to coincide with their bye week. So yeah, uh, they and I will take every advantage we can get. I didn't really realize that Kamara had been hurt enough to, to be able to sit out a game. Did something happen during the week? Like wh- what exactly is the story there?
1: Ian, Ian, take that one because you you you're the injury you know you're our local injury specialist. <laughs> no,
2: so he's been dinged up for a couple weeks now, but uh, it appears he tweaked his knee in a Jacksonville game. Um, he didn't practice, but one day the previous week, and he had not practiced any this week. So I just I don't see a way that he's going to play Sunday. Him or Jerry? Well, he's already
1: Williams. out. Yeah, he's already out. So they are the injury. Yeah, I mean they already declared him out. But okay, yeah, I mean he he had an ankle. He so he tweaked his ankle last week in practice which you know that kind of came out of nowhere and then we're like okay then you know they, they're saying you know he missed the practice late in the week and then you know the i think the second what was it in the first i know it was the first drive maybe the second or third play in the game against the jaguars you know he tweaked the knee and i think at this point you know they're sitting nice with their record they're you know they're not ahead or anything yeah, sure. by far and it's like you know what drew will be back eventually drew may be back Actually, next week from the reports that uh, a tweet I just saw, but we'll see about that. But hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. He's like bionic, man. They're going to give him a drug test. <laughs> 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 next week. <laughs> Random test on the way. But yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, so he's out, which I mean, look, in 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 will be the he's the poster bar for this this subject. But when the Saints don't have Kamara, like you think the offense has been slow with him in there with Teddy. You know, it could it could maybe slow to a halt on some levels without him.
0: So it goes to Latavius Murray as the feature back. Is that right? Yeah, that's there. That he's gonna
1: he's probably gonna get more touches than he's had in the, in a long time this upcoming upcoming and, week.
0: And can you remember Kamara and his like young career being out at all? For me, like from afar, I feel like this is the first time he's been nicked up and has missed time.
1: And has he missed a game? I don't recall him no, missing games. He missed that. Well, he's missed. He got knocked out the Atlanta game. He, he
2: got knocked concussion. out the Atlanta game. Uh, he got knocked out the Dallas game. Yep, um, yep,
1: yep, that's right. I don't remember him missing a game off the top of my head, though. He
2: got hurt in the Giants game in week four and barely played in uh, Ingram's return last year when Ingram returned against Washington. Uh, he had very few snaps, and he just never was sa- the same after that knee injury. So I don't think he's ever missed a start, but he's he's been knocked out of two games and then barely
0: played in a Jacksonville in the Washington game got it got it well it seems like he's got a pretty good history of of you know being able to make his way through like getting knocked out in a game is different than missing multiple weeks that sort of thing exactly yeah he's miss no significant time yeah 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 he's just bad like a really especially for such a position where you get beat up so much and so you know uh I'm curious. For me, like looking looking at the Saints, I'm looking at, you know, one of the best defensive fronts in the league and one of the best offensive lines in the league. And so, you know, obviously skill positions, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. You can't replace that. But I think if you have the trenches working the way the Saints do, you still have a fighting chance. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I do, actually. And I'll say that, you know, well,
1: the number one catalyst for the Saints continuing to have success with, with Brees out has been the defense, right? In just far and away and then Ian ranks the second the the, the special teams over the offense which, which is hilarious but yeah I think the <laughs> but, but the, for the offensive side of the ball I mean Mike Thomas and the and the offensive line have been the saving grace now the O-line did for a couple of games they you know they had a lot of holding penalties going against them and some things seem off but guys still were not getting beat like you know, really bad in pass rush. It was like just they were out of sync, you know, bad snaps. I don't know if it was a bad snap, but the timing looked off. But now the last maybe game or so, they seem to have, you know, they seem to have cleaned it up. And, you know, they probably have, you know, top one, top two. Maybe you look at Dallas as, you know, the best tackle duo in the league. And so, you know, the matchup that everyone is looking for this week is, you know, basically Khalil Mack against, which I'm guessing it'll be Ryan Ramchek And you can tell me if Khalil Mack, I know he moves around, but I don't know if he plays – Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, They'll know move him I'm around saying. a little bit, but both of those tackles, Armstead's incredible as well. And so yeah. I think, it, like, look, uh, it, just looking at it from afar, uh, they took Mac out of uh, the game in Oakland. And we can talk about that game and why the Bears shit the bed so bad. There's a lot of reasons. But um, Mac historically, if he's held out of a game, if he's, you know, they were triple teaming him. I mean, he really... He really didn't have a shot, and Oakland has one of the more physical offensive lines in the league. So they got manhandled, and you just know how he's going to be. I mean, having a week off to think about it as well. Yeah, he's pissed off. (laughs) And the fact that the Saints, you know, trust their tackles and, you know, use that, use the fact that they can put them on an island uh, to their benefit. I really am looking for Mac to have a big game at home this week.
1: Yeah, and I'll let – Ian, why don't you speak to this? Because last night in, on our Patreon pod, we spoke about – we had a debate about if they would let one of their tackles just single up on Mac or if they will look to, you know, maybe, you know, help those guys out. So, Ian, what, what, you know, you want to rehash that a little bit?
2: Yeah, so me and Kevin had a nice 10-minute back and forth about this. <laughs> um, he doesn't want Khalil Mac under any circumstance in an obvious passing situation to be blocked one-on-one. He prefers him to be chipped, anything. And my stance is, hey, man, you have an all-pro right tackle. That's the privilege of having an all-pro right tackle. I'm going to single him up until proven otherwise. Um, The last time the Saints played Khalil Mack was several years ago when he was with Oakland. I want to say the first game of the 2016 season, and he did nothing now the Saints lost what 36 to 34 so I think they have a plan for him but if Ramshack can't do his job then you know I I need to see I I need to see Khalil Mack blow that game plan up before I make the
0: switch sure and I think you know the Bears know that's going to be coming uh and so what's What's most critical for them, and I I think this is probably going to be part of the scheme, is to move Mac around a lot and do a lot of line stunts. And that, yeah. way, that way you can't plan like, all right, we're always going to send extra help to the left because that's where Mac's going to line up. No, he's going to be twisted inside. He's going to be moving around to the right, to the left. Uh, that's going to be part of the game plan, which is to keep him in a place where the Saints have to continually adjust. And hopefully, you know, that messes up play calls just in terms of the flow of where they're trying to go and, and who they're trying to block on a given play.
1: Yeah. No, I, guess, I, guess, I could definitely see that being the case. I mean, I know that. There is one Khalil Mack in the world. <laughs> he's incredible, <laughs> you know, man. Yeah, he's like the
0: joy of my life to have him on my team. All of a sudden,
1: yeah, he's he's. You know, I just look, and that doesn't. This doesn't. I don't think this takes away from Ramchek's greatness. But you know, when you got a player that good, you know, even so say you know, say he beats Ramchek for three sacks and Ramchek wins every other rep, that would be a good game for Ramchek because he won. You know. 27 reps out of 30 passes, but those three plays can wreck your game, and that that's just kind of why I look at it. Like eventually, you know, Mac is going to get the best of every tackle in the NFL, and so you know, it's just kind of, you know, it's playing it's playing with fire with that guy. And you know, to your point, Zach, you know, the Saints. Now I will say they do a good job of handling line stunts and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, they the, the the rookie center who's came who's come in. I, I, you can't I don't you can't tell he's a rookie. I mean, it's I I, I don't really boast a lot about rookies, but. I mean, he's a he's a significant upgrade from Max Unger, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's very clear on the field. And he's much better in pass pro than he is in in the run game. So you know, I think your chance to the biggest chance, the biggest problem would have been you know for the Saints O line would have been if Hicks would have been playing because the interior yeah, that's of the O line was, yeah. And I'll let you speak to that, but the interior of the O line is vulnerable, specifically the left guard in pass protection mm-hmm. or the you know or the run game. I mean, he's you know he just has plays where he's. He looks magnific- magnificent in other plays. You know, he looks like he, you know, he just, he doesn't belong as a starter sometimes. So, you know, he's a player that I could see them trying to use Mac to maybe get inside and, mm-hmm. and force the double on him. I think that's where you're going to get the Saints line because like like Ian said, the edges are, are just tough.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, Akeem Hicks being out is a, gigantic loss for the bears. He's one of the two or three best defensive tackles in the league, and he's a penetrating tackle. So he would have been the exact kind of guy that the team needs in order to kind of uh, exploit that weakness you were talking about. Yeah. Um, There's a couple things going on, and the first of which is Bilal Nichols, who is a second year defensive end. Yeah, I've been paying uh, attention to him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been out all year with a broken hand, and this will be his first one back. So he's coming back with a big old, you know, plaster cast club, um, which, you know, you question how he's going to be able to play with that. But they've been missing him the last few weeks. They didn't have him in the Oakland game. And so the Bears, who sport a lot of defensive line depth, a lot of guys who can do a lot of things, were really missing that. Uh, a couple other guys got nicked up during the uh, London game as well. So, okay, uh, the bigger thing here, and I was looking for parallels uh, across like games last year, is that the Bears defense at Soldier Field has been pretty much an insurmountable force uh, after the addition of Khalil Mack. So, last year it was the the Rams. The Rams came to town. Trubisky hadn't played. He'd had a bad shoulder. It was his first game back. Everybody was picking the Rams. They were favored in the game, and the end of the end score was uh, 15 to six. Bears, uh, Goff threw four picks, and they ran the ball I think for 50 yards total. And that was still when Gurley was uh, healthy. So yeah. there, there just is this track record of the defense absolutely owning the field. It's like you're going to be running, you know, on an uphill uh, for the for the better part of the game. And I think. That's something, you know, there's not a lot I can count on for consistency when it comes to the Bears, especially, and we'll get to this, (laughs) the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, over the last year plus of the Nagy era, you can count on the defense at home being just hell to deal with.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think that. That track record. I mean, I think everyone knows that track record. <laughs> like those. They. I mean, they play. It's some. They're just faster on that field. I don't know what it is. It's some. Maybe Dick Buck has left some sweat or something on the field, and they just <laughs> roll in it, and people just a little Singletary juice or something on the field, and people just get good. <laughs> but <Secretary> yeah, juice. <laughs> it's
2: it's crazy, man. And so, go ahead, Ian. You got. I was, so I want I have I have a question. So you you talked yeah. about their dominance at home, Now, I've read in various places. That the surface plays well to the Bears defense that, you know, maybe the grass is a little high or maybe, you know, there's a lot of slipping going on. It slows down some of the the track style type of offenses. Is that any validity to that? Yeah,
0: no, you're right. It's you know, to be perfectly frank, it's been better in the last like year or so, but historically and it still isn't a great track it's been a horrible field and any fast track team that comes to town uh, a dome team be it the saints or the falcons or anything like that usually are going to have a lot harder time being able to exploit their speed against a team like the bears and so um, again I, I don't think that's going to be the same sort of issue that it's been in the past it's been a better field but the bears grow that grass a little long it's going to be more of a physical affair and then we're going to try to minimize a team's speed advantage although frankly you know, save for like the corner position, the Bears have speed all over the the defense. So it's it's not the same issue it was before, where they were more of a bruising team, and teams that had like real burners were going to you know really hurt them on that field. But no, there is some validity to it, and it's kind of like a running joke that uh, Chicago, like the Park District of Chicago, runs the the field and is responsible for it. And just you know, year in year out, it's like this is the worst track in football. But <laughs> I guess they've worked hard on it, and it's getting a little better.
1: Okay, so. So Zach, I have questions for you. Why we're while we're interviewing you with, for the for the Bears defense, and sure. you know you can in turn you can return the favor. Um, in in a few minutes in the pot. yeah. Talk I got to questions. me about. Hey man, we we we're here for him. <laughs> so talk to me about the the defense because I know they I know they predominantly run a lot of zone coverage. I know the corner. I think it's Fuller, uh, Amukamara, and Buster Scrine. Are those the top three corners? If I that's the right. That's right. Yeah, and so I know they so. If the deep, you know, if the Saints, by some chance, the Saints O-line is able to handle the Bears D-line, how would the secondary hold up? How do those guys cover, you know, if, you know, every zone has holes, right? If it wasn't, then everyone would run the same zone. Absolutely. So, so, you know, how does, how would the back end be able to hold up if the pass rush isn't able to, you know, affect the the Saints offensive flow?
0: So let's say Teddy gets a pocket to throw, right? Um, yeah. And you're like, you know, looking at the field. And I, my question is going to be, how does Teddy look throwing it? And where has he been most effective? But we'll get to that.
2: Yeah, I got it. We will, yeah, we will.
0: Yeah, we will definitely get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got feelings here. That wasn't just thoughts. He got feelings. Uh, Ian is uh, in his
1: feelings. Ian is in his feelings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the Bears defense, and let's say the pass rush doesn't get home, you have a couple places you can exploit them. The first of which is uh, Prince of Mukamara, who is a... C plus B minus corner at this point in time is really good as a press corner, but if you can get him running down the field, there's a lot of opportunity for separation. Okay. The the other thing is, and this is just, been going on so far this year is the deep middle of the field has been open frequently, and so the Bears are going through a change where they are going from the matchup zone drop guys uh scheme of Fangio. That
1: matchup ma- zone was brutal. It was. It was brutal. I have it was to so say hard though, to play against.
0: I have to say that Pagano deserves a lot of credit for maximizing the the benefits of some of the talent on the team in ways that Fangio just. Wasn't willing to, and look, you know, the results are the results. They're both the talent on the field for the Bears is such that you can do a lot of things and still have a lot of success. Yeah, what we're finding now from the Bears is they're being a lot more hybrid in their blitz packages, whereas before it was very vanilla, but everybody knew exactly what to do, and so no one was ever out of position. Yeah, now you'll find, and you'll probably see it in the game if the Bears aren't getting home with four then Buster Screen off the nickel is going to come in off blitzes. He's been really good at that this year. Roquan Smith is a question mark. There's been some weird stuff going on with him this year after some really high expectations. The weird stuff is about, you know, he sat out a game for personal issues that never really came to light what that was. Didn't didn't sound like his mind was right to be playing, maybe something in his life. Nobody wants to, you know, surmise what that was. But either way, The expectation was that he's one of the fastest linebackers in football and a really good blitzer, and that really hasn't happened so far this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him sent once or twice. So that's where the Bears are kind of changing things up is they're starting to move guys around and show different, more exotic blitz packages, and where you can exploit them is at the safety position in the middle of the field because they just haven't been asked to cover those spaces before.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering because – and, and that's interesting that they're playing, you know, more, more press man, you know, press man coverage. Because typically, you know, and I watched some of the, you know, I was looking at them on some of all 22 and it seems like they were still, you know, they still played, played quite a bit of zone. But um, absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. So that and I think that's the key to the Saints. Right. You want to basically see if you can take the defensive line out of the game and and make their cornerbacks, you know, Play, you know, play man coverage longer or have to cover longer because I think that's where they could be had. And you know, one thing I saw that that Oakland did against them, you know, they played, they kind of played big boy football. I saw a lot of twelve oh, personnel, twenty two personnel, um, twenty one personnel. They played with a lot of tight splits, guys lined up close to the line of scrimmage, not out wide. And they just, for some reason, they thought they were, they could out-physical the Bears, and they did. And so they did. They did. Yeah, which shocked me because I was looking at that film. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Well, but, you're, not,
0: you're not the only one. I was shocked, too. And the Raiders have one of the bigger, more uh more physical offensive lines in football. Um, I think you can point to a little bit of schematic stuff the Bears were doing that wasn't necessarily the best game plan from the defensive point of view. But really, they got their asses whipped in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And so that allows you know, Carr, who doesn't want to get touched and doesn't want to throw the ball down the field. He didn't, he wasn't asked to do anything and they got four or five yards of carry with Jacobs every time they, they snapped the ball. So that was yeah. shocking for me to see. Uh, I, it's been, a uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that sort of thing, but you know, if you looked at the course of that game, they got the stop they needed in the fourth fourth quarter against the Raiders after the big comeback, had a penalty on the punt, and then just out of exhaustion from being on the field and getting pushed around all day, got it shoved down their throats for a final score. So yeah. even given their struggles, they did make the second-half adjustments to win the game. Uh, they just didn't have enough in the end. When you're selling things online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming expensive, so many carriers to choose from, how do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, including your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Chicago Shuffle listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Careful there. ShipStation. (laughs) Then offer BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen okay
1: okay yeah 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 that, that game was that game was weird man i mean the mm-hmm. zone run game was effective it was like i said just big boy football minus tight splits guys close to the line of scrimmage and they you know just like just run out the run ian go ahead man yeah
2: so i had a quick question about two guys in particular um danny trevathian and haha clinton dicks mm-hmm. um i know going back to his time in denver uh danny was known as a coverage linebacker that moves really well you know he's went viral for that delayed blitz he had a couple weeks ago Uh, that was awesome (laughs) yeah how 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 does he hold up in run game and how Clinton Dix how has the transition from Green Bay uh been for
0: him yeah so good questions both so I'll, I'll speak to you know Trevathan first uh Trevathan is is you know part of the emotional heartbeat of the team and has become a much more physical presence as his career has gone on with the Bears. He had a really bad knee injury his first year in Chicago and so came back with a little less of that athleticism. He can still cover, but his real strength is as a big boy in the middle. Um, those those blitzes are all new. He didn't do that at all last year. He was kind of there to to uh, fill the run gaps, you know, wherever the, the double teams off of uh, Hicks and and uh, Eddie Goldman, you know, he would just flow and that was perfect for him. So, um, no, I, I, he's transitioned a little bit at this point in his career, but he's critical to the Bears' success because he's so scheme sound. He knows exactly where he's supposed to be as well as where everyone else is supposed to be. And so for me, like that's one of the things you know, I can set my watch to is like Danny's going to be in the spot, and if anything goes wrong, it's not going to be his fault. Where you can exploit him is with a really athletic tight end and if he gets caught in coverage. So the Bears try to avoid those matchups as much as possible and keep him in the middle, but uh, he is susceptible to that sort of thing. As it pertains to Haha, we're still figuring that out, right? Five games into the season, the Bears are really helter skelter and you don't know exactly what's what. He has shown himself, you know, against the Redskins. It's always hard to like make a judgment of what somebody is based on playing the Redskins. Right, right, right. Nevertheless
1: Cowboy fans didn't, they didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I know. It's like, you
0: know, you rack up a win early in the season, you're like, Yeah, that's who this team is, and then they play a real team. You're like, Oh, they weren't that but uh yeah no he had two picks against the Redskins and so you can see he's more dynamic in terms of his uh, ability to play the ball but where Adrian Amos who's now uh, a Green Bay Packer uh, and haha replaced where where he was much more effective was being coverage sound in the middle of the field and so that gap I'm telling you about that soft spot in the deep middle I don't necessarily blame haha you know alone like Eddie Jackson has his own piece of that to answer for and it's a play-by-play thing but I do think Adrian Amos was a more physical uh, coverage sound player when it came to the deep secondary, whereas HaHa is reading eyes and looking for picks and looking to make more uh, splash plays. That's my perception of him this point in his Bears career.
1: Hey, hey, got him, and you and they play those guys in, in, interchangeably, right? They, that's right. It, yeah, it's, okay. it's almost
0: like a double free safety system at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 so one more thing on the Bears defense, like talk about your DTs, Robinson, Harrison, and Williams. I like Robinson Harris. I've seen Yo. him flash a little bit, but you know how the interior guys, you know, after Hicks, because you know again the Saints, that's where the Saints O line is the weakest. You know, probably the left guard and maybe the center at times, depending on, you know. Certain plays. Like he has these plays where he, he misses out, but then for the most part he, he's really good. But the left guard is a is a problem. So can those two guys, you know, can they exploit them exploit the Saints there?
0: Absolutely. And so, you know, one of the Bears great strengths is their defensive line. Also their defensive line coach, Jay Rogers won the uh, NFL award for best positional coach of the year. And so they've developed a lot of guys who are late or, you know, non-drafted players yeah. uh, such as Roy Robertson Harris was, who was a UDFA and he was a, an incredible body, but just didn't know how to play. And now he flashes like crazy now because of Hicks's injury, because of a couple other injuries, you could argue he's been a little overused in the rotation and that's lessened his effectiveness. But if you're looking at, Eddie Goldman in the middle, who is totally underrated and an incredible football player. I mean, he he just does all the dirty work and loves to do it. But if you have issues on the interior line in terms of uh, uh, running the ball, you're not going to be able to run at Eddie. He's going to stop that run. And so yeah, that's Eddie's going, ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's yeah. so good, he's and he's just this unheralded player, but he's critical to the Bears' success. And then if you have Nichols back in the rotation along with Robertson-Harris, uh, you've You've got something there you can really hang your hat on. Then you have Mac crashing off the edge, and then we haven't talked about him at all. But Leonard Floyd, who I think people had bigger visions for what he could be because of his athleticism and his frame, he's not going to be a sack specialist in that like Von Miller way, despite his length. Right. But he's actually really solid in the run game, and you can count on him in that regard. So, you know, for me, especially with the players they're getting back this week, my expectation is that uh, the Saints are going to have a hell of a time running the football.
1: Okay, yeah, and I think I think the Saints and Ian. you can tell me if you you know think I'm off here, but I think the Saints are going to probably come into this game looking to run the ball maybe more than any game they have this season based on the injuries that they have.
2: Yeah, and so I mean, it's it seems like you're super well versed even in older games. So there was a game uh Chicago played versus Minnesota December uh, 2017 that Latavius Murray had about 12 carries for 122 yards and I think a couple scores May have was a 14-6 game something like that mm-hmm. do you recall what may have happened in that game because all the other games Murray has played against them he's been shut down But that one particular game, he had a very good performance against the Bears' defense.
0: Interesting. You know, I'd have to go back and look at the box, but uh, my first thought is that Khalil Mack played for the Oakland Raiders during that game. Um, (laughs) And and it's weird to, like, single out one defensive player and say they make that kind of difference in the way that, like, Drew Brees versus uh, Teddy Bridgewater would make a difference. But truly, when the Bears got khalil Mack. it slotted everybody else into a place the focused atten- attention he got allowed everyone else to thrive i think the bears had five pro bowlers last year on defense after not i think having... it was i thought it was six it may have been six right anyway it was a lot it was a yeah lot. yeah i mean yeah, I, you lose count you lose count yeah it was uh, many, yeah. yeah yeah i mean it was, it's pretty insane and so a lot of, you know there was already a lot of talent but he was the straw that stirs the drink and then you know uh i would be again curious to see what the um what the lineup was and who was actually playing in the game. I know Hicks was still finding his way with the Bears. They were still slotting in things. They didn't have Roquan Smith yet. They didn't have Bilal Nichols. They didn't have um, Roy Robertson Harris that was there, but, you know, just trying to hang on to the 53. So what they've become now, like all these players that are in their prime, uh, they just weren't in position for that sort of thing. So if you look back to the last three times the Bears have played the Vikings, if you're just going to make that comparison, uh, the Vikings can't do a, a thing. They can't do a thing against the Bears. They had last year, 2018, the last week of the season, if they won, they were in the playoffs. They had a home game against the Bears. The Bears had nothing to play for, and they, the Vikings shit the bed. They couldn't do a thing against the Bears. The Bears won on the road and sent the Vikings packing for the summer. So that was it, man. Yeah, there you go, man
2: yeah so, that's 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 a really good answer yeah <laughs> I was just I was just curious man just very curious
0: yeah yeah I mean you're you're talking about Latavius Murray and having him back in the fold and how that's going to pertain it's hard there's a lot of noise in that answer of like what it was that made that happen that day both on the Bears side and you know when it comes to at least for me like I, the way I look at the league right now is much more about you know offensive line and then turnovers on the defensive side of the ball and that really seems to be the through line for success so I have some questions for you guys. If I can, like, just yeah, hop that's in what I was about to say. We've
1: been selfish, man, this whole podcast. No, no, so. I'm, I'm ready. I got, have at I got it. it. I got have at it. it. Okay. okay.
0: Right. So, the first person I want to talk about is Teddy Bridgewater. And so, you know, the all I know from afar is that y'all are winning games with him, which is great. And that says a lot about Sean Payton and his ability to scheme appropriately for the skill that's in place. But it doesn't, you know, you're not running up the score save for one game. And I'm curious if the run game let's just kind of presuppose that the run game isn't working all that well and y'all are in longer down and distance situations what's teddy going to be able to do and what has he done to this point so so i'll I'll take this one so before i can even begin to answer that i you know we
1: i have to talk about sean payton and a lot of what you what you're seeing with the saints is i think he's they're playing exactly like he expected them to play right so teddy hasn't played meaningful games since 2015. And, you know, Sean knew that he's not going to come in and, you know, put in numbers nowhere near what Drew did. You you just you just you got to get you got to shake off rust if nothing else. So I think part of the low scoring has been Teddy Bridgewater and part of the low scoring has been Sean Payton knowing his team and knowing what they're capable of and what they're not capable of. Right. So they haven't put Teddy in a position where he needs to go down there and, you know, score the ball a lot of different times to win the game because they know that they have a defense on the other side of the ball that will allow them to play close games. So, you know, like, again, if this, if this game is tied at halftime, that's bad for the bears, right? Because the game is going like Sean Payton wants it. So, you know, with that said, to answer your question, if there's a third and long and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has, and, you know, in the Saints, it it, it depends on what's going on. If they need the first down and it's crucial, you know, he's going to do it because Sean is aggressive, but, you know, if it's in the second quarter and they're deep in the Bears territory, I mean, they're deep in their own territory or or they're close to the, you know, backed up against the goal line, they're not going to they're gonna they're not going to risk anything. They have a great punter. You know, he's just going to call a conservative play and trust his defense. So he's a real good play call as it pertains to the flow of the game and getting a feel for how the game going and knowing how to use a different game plan every week. Right. He, he goes into each game with an idea of how it should go. And it's usually different week to week. So. You know, the, the, now, can Teddy make that play? At times, yes. At times, no. He's, he's a little bit up and down with his accuracy, and Ian, Ian will get into that in a little bit. But, you know, I, I Teddy, his, he is a high variance on his play. I'll say this. Like, mm. he could hurt you, or he could hurt us, or he could, you know, he he's not going to hurt the team, but he could, he'll miss something that should be there. So, so
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, it, it sounds like he doesn't, rather than, um, being somebody who might give the ball away it sounds like uh, he just might be inaccurate and like throw the ball like an incomplete pass it sounds like he protects the ball pretty well
1: he he does he's done a great job of protecting the ball i think the one interception he threw it was high i, I think that and, and did he throw one or two did he throw i know he
2: he's thrown two one was high to teddy again that i still think teddy should have caught in the one to and the other one, yeah was on camara's yeah, yeah. back hip that was poorly. Both balls were poorly both ball placed. Were poorly thrown. But, but he's. But both were. Both had two hands on both balls. Yeah, yeah. that not
0: like they were like terrible misreads.
2: Yeah, or something yeah. Like yeah. That. So yeah, he's not yeah, – He threw it to the right guy. Just little piss poor ball location. Sure. And the and the receiving guys didn't do their part to help him.
1: Got yeah. It. So I mean, he'll he'll protect the ball in the fact in the sense that he's not going to make a he's not going to make any risky throws. That, that's what I'm trying to say. He's mm-hmm. gonna. You know, sometimes when it's there, he doesn't throw it, right? So he's—I think Sean has him telling him, "Man, just protect the ball, trust your defense."
0: You guys, we are previewing a game that's going to end with a score of like five to three. <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> so, so that's, you, that'd be good for the Saints,
1: though. I'm telling you, that's how man. they want to play. So, that's how they want to
0: play. So
2: you asked, you asked um, about Teddy, and and Kevin mentioned about Sean. So there's a crucial point in the late third quarter. Uh, I think the game is six six, and the Saints are trying to drive to get an either field goal position. They wind up getting a touchdown on the drive. On third and six, they run a QB sweep to Taysom Hill. That oh, would Taysom never Hill. happen if Andrew Christopher Breeze was playing. So that just, <laughs> so that just, that just kind of tells you that at that point, I think they're maybe at the forty, maybe right on the cusp of Will Lutz range. That they said on third and six, we would rather our backup quarterback run a QB sweep than let Teddy throw on third down. What was the
0: result of that play? He got a first down.
2: Yeah, about 19.
0: Yeah, I mean Taysom Hill is a beast, man. I just I don't really know any other player like that. The question for me would be like if they're on the. the the edge of field goal range right there on like a third and six that it's two down territory for them. Like, hey, we'll run this sweep and then if we don't get it, you know, we have to have that conversation. But your point is the same, which is like if it's Drew if Drew is in there, it's there's no way. Yeah, yeah, there's no way Michael Thomas square in and that's it. Exactly,
2: exactly. And so Teddy um over the last since he's been starting, the Saints are in the bottom third of third down conversion uh, offense. Uh, offensive scoring there we make fun of Chicago's offense but if you look over the last three weeks the Saints are are right there like it's been bad but the defense has been so dominant and Teddy leads that one drive that either gets you seven or allows you to run a timeout that it's covering up for how poor the offense has been statistically over the last four weeks
0: yeah so you know talk to me about the the defense and maybe like one or two guys that are really the stand-up performers because I think you know with the offensive you know system that Peyton runs and the skill position players a lot of people know who the Saints are on the offensive side of the ball but I'm curious who you were like hey this is these are the guys that are making it happen on defense and it's one of the best in the league right now after being really poor for a number of years
1: yeah well your number one cornerback I mean your number one wide receiver is Allen Robinson that's right And you know he, if you know, based on recent play, he might need to stay at home because Lattimore has been. That's the type of player that he's been, right? He took Amari Cooper out of the Dallas game. He took Mike Evans out of the the Bucks game, and then he took DJ Shark, who's been playing really well out of the Jacksonville game. Does he now, shadow? Does
0: he chase no, around No, he follows
1: you. He follows you everywhere you go. He's annoying. Yeah, he's right there. And yeah. so, now look, you know, and I say that now, he's going to give up 100 yards this week. But, <laughs> but you know, that's just – that's the type of guy he's been, right? And for him, is it's just when he wants to play. Like, he can just turn the switch on. So, if he feels like shutting you down, he's going to shut you down. And, you know, you may catch a ball or two against him, but for the most part, you know, he's going to lock you in. But then sometimes he's just, you know, he's not interested in and he'll tell you, right? This is not me even criticizing him. He just says, Hey man, I just, just I just needed to lock in. And then, you know, he's looking like an all pro. So
2: And so but but to Kevin's point and, and to both of you guys' point, he follows, I wanna say it's eighty one to eighty three percent. So there will be some plays and zones that he's not going to follow. But any other time he follows whether your slot, inside, you know, outside Actually if
1: you're in the slot sometimes he won't follow. So Yeah, depends. that'll be so that's yeah, gonna be the key
2: for Allen Robinson. If you wanna avoid Sean, you need to basically play him in slot the entire game. But the if he goes is- outside, he's gonna follow him for sure
0: honestly like the way the Bears offense has gone this year the only offensive player that's having a year you can point to as a, a great one not even or even a good one is Allen Robinson he's been
2: a, a number no, he's, one he's receiver been great no he's yeah. been great I mean and his so, catch
0: rate is like 80 percent it's something oh, outrageous right yo now. he is his footwork his speed his ability to separate his ability to catch and shield he really is uh, an unheralded number one in the league and I say that in an offense where you know it's really hard to get him the ball I think if he was in Uh, a better offense with a more prolific quarterback. His name would be all around the league, but that's the thing. Like he's the only guy that's produced this year. So I can't imagine a world in which Lattimore just doesn't follow his every waking step.
1: Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what they're going to do. Dennis Allen said at the beginning of the year, he says we see him as a number one corner in this league who can shut guys down. And, you know, again, like you said, now you, you may catch him on a week where he don't feel like playing. And, you know, he, he, I mean, if you look at him the first two weeks of the season, you're like, you you know you and, and I and I said what I just said about the, you know at Robertson not being able just don't come to the game. You would think I was crazy, but then you look at the last three weeks and I saw a stat and I don't I don't like I'm not a fan of fantasy football. I'm just gonna say it, but it, this is a funny stat. The last three weeks, um Mark Cooper, Mike Evans, and DJ Shark, who were like really you know high in fantasy players, they have 17 combined points in three weeks. Man. So that just kind of goes to show you you know how. The, the level of the set you know how, how much success guys are having against him which is very little so he's-
2: and, and it's it's crazy all it took was that PFF tweet of saying that he had given up the most yards through three weeks of the season and they put the, the number time. up the, literally the, you know he's one of those guys that searches his name so they were talking mm-hmm. about yards giving up at the cornerback position and he was number one by about a hundred yards and he 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 quote tweeted let, it. And let,
1: let me let me jump in real quick though. I mean, <laughs> no, I but like, but he like. But he had some rough moments between. No, he me. did. But yeah, no, yeah, but just uh, but, you know PFF those numbers are like you know I just you know me Sometime, man. I, yeah, sometimes yeah sometimes those you know me even, like, you know I was gonna come with the PFF. Yeah, smoke, I I, no, I
2: I know but he had been he had been given up three bombs in three weeks you know so that's gonna always hurt you. Yeah, number. he did. Yeah, and then the and Cooper then Cup the, slot route going seventy yards definitely hurt his numbers even though everybody missed a tackle on the team not named Lattimore but. Um, but for, he quote tweeted and he said something along the lines like, hey, you don't know the coverage in all of these. All right, I'm going to lock oh, in, and in and I'm going to show skillset. you guys. And all then right. from that point on, he has just erased guys.
0: So, All right, I'll be right back. I'm going to write like six articles about <laughs> he's the best cornerback in football. You know, he do not need anybody to question it. Cool.
1: Yeah, look, man, yeah. And so, but, you know, to your question, so Lattimore is one guy. And yeah. like I said, if he feels like it. And, you know, the other – Man, it's hard to name one guy because so many players playing well on defense. I mean, Demario Davis at linebacker is like the leader of this defense. He's unbelievable. He's ridiculous. And I mean, he. I mean, he's physical and he's good in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good player. I don't need to talk about Cam Jordan. Sh- Sheldon Rankins is still working his way back. The player I would highlight, and if you know, it depends on how they choose to rush the passer in this game because Trubisky is mobile. So if you know, when they go against mobile quarterbacks, they tend to hold their rush back a little bit. If you look at the Jacksonville tape, they didn't they didn't even try to go up the field. But if they feel like they can control his scrambling and they decide to rush upfield, then Davenport and Cam Jordan off the edge have been they've been outstanding music. Yeah, year.
0: Davenport, that's right. That's Yeah, he's right.
1: been he he actually before this I think he may have more pressures than Cam Jordan this year. Mm. If not, then it's within like one or something. So I mean, just challenging across the defense. Eli Apple is playing as well as the most number one wide receiver, number one corners in this league. The free Mm safety is playing well. The strong safety stripping the ball. I mean, the I mean, where's the weak spot? The weak spot is. I got (laughs) you. It's it's gonna be slot
2: corner. So right now, like right now, the slot cornerback position, you know, is giving up the twenty eight most yards, and that's a fantasy stat Mm -hmm. that the twenty eight you know, as far as, I guess, worse defense uh, for slot wide receivers of the Saints. That is your opportunity. P.J. Williams is going to be out. We don't know if they're going to play the rookie or Patrick Robinson. The slot is where your opportunity is. Um, Now, to come back to a name that Kevin mentioned, Sheldon Rankins. He's been back three weeks now. You guys are going to be having a guard to replace Kyle Long. He is the one that I think could potentially destroy everything you want to do if he's all the way back and he's playing against an undermanned guard, I think he could
0: have a really, really good game. So let's talk about the Bears' offensive line for a second, and then we kind of got to talk about the – elephant in the room which is mitch trubisky i suppose yeah i'm waiting for mv i'm waiting to talk about mv yeah no no it's what a a joy to talk about can't wait um (laughs) so the real problem with the bears thus far this season on offense is the offensive line and it's really been a trap door kind of situation so last year you could count on the bears getting into third and manageable yards and then trubisky you know for all his failures again we'll talk about that His legs would allow him to pick up that three and four. And so they had lots of extended drives using creative run packages or short RPOs and that sort of thing. And right now the bears are horrible in the run game, not bad, not eh, horrible. And so, all right, Kyle Long has gone on IR and effectively his Chicago Bears career is over. By the way, Kyle Long, amazing guy, one of the leaders on the team and a huge loss for the franchise. But in terms of his play on the field, shadow of himself all year, I think, Again, PFF, take it for what it's worth, but he was ranked like the second worst guard in the league through five weeks, which is crazy, you know, based on where he's come from. So the injuries have taken their toll, and they're going to move on. The likely scenario, because our backup guard is hurt, uh, Ted Larson, is (laughs) – and, uh, yeah, um, there's going to be a guy who was – two years ago was a defensive lineman. Oh, wow. Starting – uh, yes, and he will be our starting right guard. Wow. He has never played right guard, save for 10 snaps two weeks ago. He was effectively a developmental tackle prospect and obviously has shown a lot. They have a really good offensive line coach in Harry Highstand who you know, has a history of being able to teach guys fundamentals and make them effective in their role. So he's an athlete. Uh, I expect him to be able to man the position but in terms of you know going up against an all pro level talent in like a rankin something like that that is on
1: Yamada key. they have the they, their d line they're about eight deep
0: yeah, the, and and, and yeah. Trey yeah. Hendrickson's coming back No he's week. out he's out so oh, he's, he's out.
1: so he is out yeah he's out he's okay. out but okay. yeah they're about eight they're about seven eight deep on the d line and
0: and I wish that was all that was going on but the other <laughs> part is that Cody Whitehair and James Daniels have switched positions back to their natural places where Daniels second year center out of Iowa is now our center. He's been missing uh missing blocks. He's been oh, missing wow. assignments. Cody okay. Whitehair, there's been miscommunication there as they've tried to iron that out. Our left tackle Charles Leno made the Pro Bowl last year, this year, number one in the NFL across all positions in penalties. So you're talking wow. about a line-wide bed shitting um and you're looking for solutions. Bobby Massey at right tackle, uh, a good pass protector, uh, limited, but you kind of know what you're getting, and he's been that. So He's held up his end of the bargain, can't really get a push in the run game, but it can effectively pass protect. But if like he's the only guy that's performing up the snuff, you're yeah. kind of screwed. And that's that's why the Bears, you know, despite making a lot of changes at the running back position, despite having a number of really interesting skill players, they can't run the ball and they can't run their plays effectively. I mean, Jace Daniel was running for his life against Oakland. Uh, Mitch you know he can run, he can extend plays. It's the other things that he does that are really the problem, but as it pertains to the bears, and I think the canary and the coal mine for the bears in this game on offense is are they able to get two, three, maybe even four yards on on run plays because if that can happen, the bears are going to start to roll downhill, the playbook will open up a little bit, and I would expect things to go their direction if they can't, man, this is going to be a tough day at the office. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. I've never said any of these things. I want to be very clear. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet? Getting started is simple. Just go to getromancom blue wire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash blue wire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash blue wire for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash blue wire.
1: Yeah, the run. The Saints have a really good run defense too. That's
0: that's a, that's, that's the, the other, other part, right? They were
1: number one and number two in the NFL last year. That's the and, hard part. Yeah, and this year they it kind of started off a little rough, but you know when they when they want when they want to stop the run, they do, and then they and they they can they can flat out you know shed a run game down. So I mean, who is there? You know who else on this team? Uh, I know. Now you say Robertson is the only guy, but is anyone else showing any flashes? I mean, Taylor yeah. Gabriel can he can he can he exploit the you know the slot deficiency the Saints have right now? I love Anthony Miller. I thought he was going to be a really good player so at at wide receiver
0: anthony miller is an interesting one right because the talent is there but he uh, has shown himself to not be scheme sound he still doesn't know exactly where he needs to be on the field and the bears run a complicated offense where you need to be able to sit in your zone and be exactly where you're supposed to be at exactly the right time and if you look back to uh, two weeks ago's game in london which i love referencing because it sucked uh is the last interception of the game that chased through it's because anthony broke off a route he was supposed to take to the corner chased oh, through a wow. bad ball and miller wasn't there to help break it up now the throw is on daniel it was a bad throw all the way you know, he never should have thrown it in the first place but miller should have been there at least to try to knock it down and so that's why miller hasn't succeeded to this point in his bears career one we don't have a quarterback that can like in a prolific way get the ball to his skill position guys but with the opportunities he has had this coaching staff doesn't necessarily trust him every time on the field. So he's getting like 40% of the snaps, 50% of the snaps. And I think, you know, it's just going to be a longer road for him to become, uh, to fulfill his athletic potential. Cause he's got it and you see it when he's one-on-one, yo, he can get separation. He had an incredible catch uh, in the Oakland game when he was just given a chance on a 50, 50 ball. So it's there. He's still just kind of finding his way as a pro. And it's been a longer road than a lot of people expected myself included as to the rest of your question. Look, it's all predicated on the offensive line being able to be at least moderately effective, uh, both running and protecting the pass. If they can do that, you got a lot of things to worry about. Taylor Gabriel is back from a two-week absence. He's going to take the top off. Tariq Cohen can run the wheel route as good as anybody in the league, and that's like he, he goes in the slot from time to time. That's really one you got to worry about. Haven't gotten him untracked so far this season, and I would be shocked if the Bears didn't look to find that running the ball you know you guys will tell me you guys have such a stout front david montgomery has the ability he just hasn't had the holes so you know again that's more about offensive line than him and then, yeah exactly, exactly yeah i mean
1: because zeke you could say the same about zeke and Leonard Fournette too those guys are ability off the charts
0: but you know the you line gotta have the holes form, to do it exactly right, right exactly right so and then the other big issue for the bears is the tight end position so they've got um Shaheen? Big Shaheen is there? <laughs> yeah, we, so we got to talk about Shaheen. Burton? First one, uh, Yeah, yeah one. Burton. So Trey Burton has been, he had like, you know, sports hernia, groin surgery in the offseason. Yeah. And it's been like a really slow return to ath- his athleticism. Okay. The, hope, the hope is these two weeks have allowed him to get back to closer to his like peak performance. But I would say he's been like 80%, 85% in the games he's played this year in terms of his health. And that sucks. The Bears really need that to help open things up. Uh, Shaheen may be a bust, and that's the reality wow. of it at this point. He's a second round draft pick. It's his second year in the league. Second year in the league is that right? Second or third? I think so, it's
1: his because he was drafted in two thousand and oh man, seventeen. So this, this is his third this, year. I think
0: yeah, this third year, his third year. I just checked it's weird. It. It's, his it's third year. He was out for like eleven weeks of of last year. He's he's look. He is an incredible physical talent. Um, and but he was up against substandard competition, playing Division Two Ashland football. Ashland, yeah. And so there was a lot to project. There, a ton of people loved him as a top fifty prospect. Obviously, the Bears were among them. But when you see him on the field, the athleticism doesn't show. He gets the ball knocked out of his hand a lot. His he's not that powerful out of his breaks. And when he does have the ball, it's not like he's looking to bully people. And so for me, I you know the Bears needed him to to really pop this year and take a leap and uh it's it just doesn't look like it's there so the bears are weak at the tight end position and that's putting it mildly they picked up a guy off another team's practice squad two weeks ago and he is now getting snaps so that's the state of affairs there
1: oh wow 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 man that's uh A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, I understand the. I mean, we, we're getting a we're getting a feel for offensive struggle, and it's it's really foreign foreign to us. So it's
0: tough, right? Like you know, it seems when things are going good, it's like everybody gets a chance, and everything kind of flows. Like there's a rhythm to it all, and then when you're in this like three and out world, where it's just like, man, like that guy's got to get a touch, and that guy's got to got a touch. It's like. We don't have that many touches to go around it's like three and out and then we're waiting for the defense to like make a play so that's something bears fans know really well it's kind of like the story of my life as a bears fan (laughs) defense and special teams and just please don't screw it up offense so uh on that note a quick note about trubisky yeah so real
1: quick before you get started on him yeah this is one of the main questions i have i have Mm. for you you know if if like do teams like if if the saints rush upfield on him how dangerous is he as it pertains to scrambling? Like, do teams like like do teams when they have success against Trubisky? Do they just rush the passer against the you know struggling O line, or do they kind of stay in their gaps and kind of keep him in front of him so they so he doesn't have the ability to you know kind of run around and make second reaction plays with his legs?
0: Yeah, totally. is a It's a great question. Um, the 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 dirty secret of the Bears this year is Trubisky isn't running. Oh and wow! So, yeah. So if you look at his stats, if you look at the number of times he's run. You'll kind of be shocked. He's been a pocket passer almost exclusively to this point in the season. And again, the Bears have been in third and long situations way too often where you can't count on you know running to the perimeter and getting that three or four yards and moving the sticks. So that's a part of it. The other part of it is teams have figured out the Nagy RPO scheme, and they're making it so Mitch can't break out of the pocket and yeah. has to throw the ball and puts him in difficult situations. And then there's the other big part, which is – He's just coming back from completely dislocating his left shoulder. Is he going to be willing to you know, put his body on the line and start running the ball? And are the Bears schematically going to be looking to give him those opportunities? So if I'm the Saints, I'm kind of making sure he's hemmed in in the pocket. I'm going to make sure that he has to throw from there and read the zone. And I'm going to make him work his way down the field because you know every fifth or sixth pass he's going to put it up for grabs. So it seems like a winning formula from the defensive point of view. So, hey, I, I pulled
2: up the last time the Saints played Trubisky, and a lot has changed from October of 2017.
0: Yeah, that's the John Fox era. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's a whole different. Yeah, yeah. He went, he, but, but they did the same thing. They, they only got two sacks on him. Um, they didn't rush crazy upfield. They tried to keep him in the pocket, and he went 14 of 32 for 164 yards and one interception. Yeah. Um, So I think D.A. is probably going to keep that a similar game plan um, as he was the D.C. at that time for the Saints as well. So I'm I'm very curious to see how he goes about it.
0: I think for both teams, it's just like, look, whoever can stop the run and on the other side of the ball, whoever can run the ball more effectively, like that's going to going to be it because both of our quarterbacks are limited. Uh, yeah. Trubisky for reasons discussed, and Teddy, you know, as good as he's been and as sound as he's been protecting the ball, it's not like he's a dynamic passer that's really going to, you know, break things out. I hope I'd really be upset. And everything,
1: with, and this is something you'll see in the game. Everything that Teddy miss, he misses it high. When all his passes are high, all of them. So those are turnover creators. So is
0: that like when there's pressure in his face? and he That's can't just step because. Into it? That's just because. That's just
1: cause how he is. He, that's yeah. just who
2: he is. I want to throw the ball high. But in this, so. like,
1: I think his mechanics are a little off when he's high too but for the most part that's how he misses and so and that's what
2: worries me man that's what worries me that he throws high high and and, well against a team you know you play some teams that those high balls and tip balls just land into the grass harmlessly and then you play the bears that seems like every tip pass winds up in one of their uniforms so that that would be my one concern of the saints fan
0: you got Eddie Jackson and you got haha on the back end that are looking for that sort of thing. So if, if the ball goes high, you're right. There's going to be an opportunity there. I think, you know, you know, if you're a a saints fan and you're looking at the bears, Trubisky has, he's a reps guy. He's still just not comfortable, uh, at at the position, you know, he's an athlete. He's doing his absolute best. The dude wants it more than anybody. And I think gets a bit of brain lock as a result of like wanting it too much almost. But he's just not comfortable at the position, and so that dude hasn't been repping at all. He has had no game time in multiple weeks. And if you look at uh, any time he's been out for a, an extended period, whether it's the first few games of the year, whether he was out for injury and came back, he historically is terrible. And I could like pull up the number. It's like a quarterback rating in the 30s in that first game back. So that's what oh. happened last year against the Rams. He threw three picks. I think it was like 17 throws for 110 yards. He was, um, he actively tried to lose the game for the bears (laughs) and the defense wouldn't let him. So that's kind of what we're looking at. And you know, that's where the bears are. It's like, they need to play better in so many different ways, and they have all these advantages in terms of home, off the bye, all the preparation, getting healthy. But then you have the issue that they haven't been able to run the ball. They're facing one of the best run defenses in the league, and Mitch is coming off a layoff, and they need him to produce. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of Chicago fans, myself included, are reaching that like put up or shut up time with Mitch. And I know that's probably not fair five games into the third season third at the helm. Uh, You know, these things take time. Drew Brees, you know, he took a long time in San Diego before he actually figured the whole thing out. I'm not saying that Mitch is going to be that far from it, but I am saying that, like, we do judge these guys a little too often sometimes or a little too quickly sometimes. Um, So we'll see. But, yeah, Mitch needs to come out and effectively move the ball and not throw the diaper filler, which is what he does every damn time where you're like, he's got it. He's got it. It looks great. And. A horrible pick where the guy was right there. So oh, if he man. if he can avoid the death throw, then I think the Bears might be in a position to take the game. But um, he's never had a game where he hasn't thrown the death throw.
1: Yeah. Yep. All right, Zach. Real quick, man. Two yep. two small things before I before we let you go because I think you have to be. I think you got somewhere to be. Um. One. How's your special teams? Because the Saints they're That's some. That's a huge focus for them. And you know they they've they've getting they've gotten significantly better on that side of the ball and it's even helped them win a game this year.
0: On the offensive or like a defending special teams? Well, just or... like your
1: punt return. How's your punt return unit? Your sure. punt return so, and punt block in, yeah.
0: Uh, so Tariq Cohen is our punt returner. He made the Pro Bowl last year at, at that position. He's incredibly dynamic at that position. Uh, the Bears block pretty good. And if you look at their DVOA rankings, they're in the top 10 of the league at this point. So take okay. that for what, it, for, for what it's worth. I think the bigger issue is that they still are penalized a lot on special teams. You know, you'll be like, that was a good run back, and there's the flag. Like, frequently, there's the block in the back, that sort of thing. So I'm always pleasantly surprised when there isn't that. And then from the (laughs) point of view of kicking, because obviously that's a big part of the Bears and their story, Eddie Pinheiro has been nails. And despite having a knee injury along the way, he has been absolutely spot on with every kick this year. So the Bears actually have a pretty strong special teams. Uh, Their punter has been fantastic. Uh, Really, really good this year. Better than he's ever been. So uh, it is a team strength for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I know I'm – you know, I feel, and Ian probably feels the same way that the Saints may need a special team or a defensive touchdown to walk away with a right. with a win this game. So, and one more thing, man, do you, is there any more Saints questions? Because I feel like we we spoke about the Bears a lot, and you know, we want to make sure your listeners if they have any questions about the Saints that we didn't get to. I want to make sure you you know we was able to kind of cover I, them.
0: I appreciate that equal time. That's all good. So, I guess <laughs> m- my biggest question for you is your prediction i want to know where you guys are landing on this game i want to see how you see it playing I kevin hates prediction, uh, kevin it, hates well, ian, prediction.
1: Well, ian loves prediction so <laughs> ian as the representative of saints talk <laughs> give your prediction <laughs>
2: so this this is a very very interesting game um trubisky's record at the starter in uh, soldier field or i'm sorry in, in chicago is fantastic um But he's going against a team that has won 17 straight – that has covered 17 straight games in the month of October, going back into October 2015. Um, Historian. Yeah. no. So (laughs) so this is – you know, you have those two objects uh, coming together. You have a great home record for a starter, and then you have a team that hasn't lost an October game in four years. So um, I am a homer. I'm 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 going to say I'm going to say the Saints win six three. It's going to be an awful game to watch. It is going to be an absolutely awful game to watch. But I'm saying the first to nine wins. So if that's nine six, if it's six three, um, you won't get much game tape worth. You won't watch this on Game Pass. So.
1: That's I love defensive. I love defensive struggles, man. But thanks for the thanks for the predict. Thanks for bailing me out, Zach. You want to give one or you you? Kevin, you like you're me? gonna
0: just you're just gonna not do it. You're just not. I, it. Okay, not. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do
1: it. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting, I get anxiety. My hands start sweating. You <laughs> me You know what? Here's what I'll say. I think there's a report. And listen, I need to. I think my phone rung when we was doing the pod. Something about Drew maybe playing next week. So. I'll say that Teddy maybe gets his first loss this week mm. on the road because AK, the Saints played terribly with AK's gone. The defen in the offense was already limited. You're playing a defense who, you know, they're not gonna give you anything. Okay. It's gonna be the field position game is a lot harder to win. You're playing away from home. Okay, and this just feels like one of those games where a high pass from Teddy, like Ian says, gets picked off and the Bears get a, a run-yard running touchdown and the score is 7-0 in the, in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so I, my heart is telling me the Saints is going to win, but logically, I think that this may be the first Teddy L just because not having Cook, if if Jared Cook would have played out, it probably gave him the win just because I think he would have been able to, they could have shorted up protection a little bit more and use him in coverage maybe against you know your linebackers sure. but without without kamara without without cook and without their number three wide receiver you just don't have enough offensive weapons and you know it's it's hard to keep a team in the nfl below 10 points no matter how good your defense is specifically on the road so I, I think you know, you know. If if I had to bet money on it, I would bet the Saints, but I don't. So it's just a prediction, and I'll, I'll say they get the first L here. I'm gonna regret this. I'm gonna hear from this. No, by the way, no, on Twitter. no,
2: no. You won't. I think it's a very reasonable pick. I just chose the Saints because of the streak, because of the covering streak. I mean, until so it's broken. Go. But you know, no, if you, if you're telling me to make a logical decision, the Bears should win this game. Like period. But you, this is probably Teddy's last start of the season so all the fear and protecting the ball he's had that needs to go out of the window this is his chance to get a big deal if he goes into chicago and plays relative, relatively well with drew coming back next week he could be that a starter could, next year that's a 15 to 20 million a year type of a contract mm. so any kind of fear he has of letting it go you're playing with house money you're not expected to go to chicago and win if he throws a, a td in the first quarter That you who knows what the score may be. I don't see that happening, but he has nothing to hold on to. He's got four starts. This would be number five. He goes five and oh and Drew takes over. Man, Teddy's going to make a lot of money this offseason. So just go out there. Do your thing. Um, My two names to watch out for if I'm a Bears fan would be Taysom Hill on some type of a trick play, Uh, even if it's a fake punt. You know, at the midfield. On a, yeah, or like if it's a fourth and three at the midfield, be open to know that they're probably going to fake it. They're going to try quick, to steal I'm a Real quick, I'm glad possession.
1: you said that. That's a good point. Sean may try to steal some points. They're going to try to steal that a, keep a possession. Out for that. for yeah, yeah. sure.
0: I think both sides are going to be trying to manufacture offense or manufacture points in a, in a non-traditional way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, and
2: the second guy I would say is going to be Deontay Harris. He's either going to help the Saints or he's going to hurt the Saints. He's He's their,
1: he's their kick returner slash putt returner. By yeah, he,
2: it, he got it, got is, is Tyreek Hill level dynamic at times, but Yo. then he puts the ball on the turf if you look at him too hard. Got it. So got it. He, he's either going to pop one. If you kick a low line drive, he may bring it back, or he may muff it and you recover it at the 20 and get a cheap score. So he would—he's going to have a big impact on this game, either good or that's bad. That's good scouting.
0: Yeah, that's good scouting. I never
1: heard of him, and I'll be looking for that for sure. Yep, yeah. Zach, tell, tell tell my listeners where they can find you and follow you on Twitter.
0: Yeah, so uh, my Twitter account is Right Field Sucks. It's uh, it's like an ode to the Chicago Cubs and what you do, what you chant when you're sitting in the the bleachers and, and drinking a, a few pops. Uh, so you can find me there. You can find me online at my own personal website, zhlead.com where I do all kinds of stuff besides just talking and giving hot takes here on podcasts. And um, yeah, I'm here on the Chicago shuffle podcast every single week. So you can find me there as well,
1: man. We appreciate, we appreciate you agreeing to do this with us, man. We both part of the blue, Wire network and Greg put us together and, I accidentally deleted the email, and Greg reminded me about it. And I was like, man, let me let me email Zach and see if we can make this happen. <laughs> so, man, I'm glad we was able to do this, man. This was fun. I, I wish – man, I, I, I hope they see the Bears again somehow. That would mean you make the playoffs and we can, we can record again because that would yeah. be fun. That'd you guys, be fun, that was man. way too
0: much fun, man. I appreciate you yeah, very much. Yeah.
1: All right, you guys, you, can, you guys can follow Ian on Twitter, I-A-N-H-O-W 33. Ian, I didn't forget the 3-3 this time. You can follow me on Twitter, Kevin Watts Jr., Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. We out.